welcome to Brotherly Pod. Here it is Wednesday, October 4, 2023. Here, midday solo show. As we uh, continue to find out more and more of the roster cuts. Some of this stuff is leaking out today. And it seems like, uh, well, Ronnie Adderd, Adam Ginning, and Felix Sandstrom appear to be the three big cuts right now. Sam Erson has won the backup job. Uh, Adderd lost out on defense. And uh, I don't know, man. We've got some questionable things here. Let's focus on Adderd first and foremost, because that was the one that came up first this morning. Adderd and Adam Ginning were sent down. Ginning, I believe, is how you're technically supposed to pronounce that. But uh, Ginning hung around in camp for uh, quite a while, which is good. I mean, if anybody was paying attention to the Phantoms last year, he was surprisingly good. This was a guy that a lot of people had written off. And, you know, just based off his play, he was a Hextall pick. He's big in the Hextall pick, so everyone fucking hated him, right? But uh, he was big. He was very good in Lehigh last season. Kind of a sturdy guy. I would not be surprised if he ends up on the third pair for the Flyers at some point, either this season or next due to injuries. But overall, a surprisingly good player. Adderd, well... I don't even know what to say about this one. The problem with Adder getting sent down is that leaves you with only two right-handed defensemen on your main roster, in Ristolainen and uh, Sean Walker. You, they're still carrying eight. Emil Andre, Ristolainen, Sanheim, Sealer, Stahl, Walker, York, and Zamula. So those are six lefties and two righties. It's interesting Andre's hanging around. And has, abundant, has noted the abundance of... Uh, Lefties there may force him out. Now it's going to be a matter of whether or not they give Andre a spot over Sealer and Stahl. I guess you could theoretically carry eight defensemen, which they very well may do if they're going to swap out Sealer and Stahl like they say they were going to. But uh, Adderd, man, I thought especially the weakness on the power play over the last few years would have enticed them to keep him around, if nothing is just your third pair power play guy, you know, kind of the same purpose that D'Angelo served last season. Um, kind of surprised he got sent down, but there's another guy that uh, I don't think Torts particularly likes all that much. So it's a fascinating little one as well. And I kind of noted this on Twitter here uh, before the show, but they uh, removed Hayes. Tony D'Angelo, Lazinski, Sandstrom, and Allison's probably the next one up, as well as Adderd. All the guys that John Tortorella just openly hated last season. So, Zamula makes this roster be a borderline fucking miracle. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, the Adderd thing is going to be interesting. Now they got one. Sanheim is the one been playing on the right side um, during camp. He and Zamula have seemingly been a pair, which is funny. If you listen to Flyers AD on the Anthony Show, we talked about this in the summer, that those two would actually probably be stylistically the best pair to put together. Um... They would make the most sense in terms of playing style if Ronnie Adderd was in this mix as well. Adderd and someone like Sealer would be a better pair. So it is interesting they're doing that Sanheim playing on the right side. I don't think has ever gone well. That is an experiment they've tried uh, for years now, typically next to Provorov. And if you can't see next, uh, succeed next to Provorov, I don't know what your chances are succeeding next to Zamula. But, you know, whatever. I guess we'll learn that one firsthand. We'll see if uh, Andre makes the roster or not, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Kind of sucks for Adderd. I mean, they did re-sign him. I believe he's uh, on a full-time contract next year. I could pull that up just to me. I feel like they re-signed him. Right? Yeah. Adder signed a one-year contract one way next year as well. So, I don't know. I thought he came a long way last year. I thought he played well in Lehigh. There's not exactly a lot of competition on this blue line right now. And as noted, the fact that he's a right-shot guy, heavy on the offense. I mean, you would think he would uh, get that call, but... I don't know. 
We'll see. We'll see if he ever comes back up. Probably not. Probably the last time I'll ever see him, for being totally honest here. But, yeah, as noted, Andre is the interesting one, because if he makes the team, I'm curious to see how they handle him. I think he's their overall best defenseman right now, and it's not particularly close. But I do think there's going to be a lot of things that cause Tortorella to second-guess this one. Um, he's a guy that is going to be more offensively driven than defensively driven. You know, his outlet passes are amazing. His hockey IQ is great. He's super fucking fast. But I think it's going to probably take a minute to adjust to the North American defensive style, especially at the NHL level. Um, and this is where somebody like Zamula last year started the season in the NHL. He would get turnstiled and then benched for three weeks. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if they've got any patience with Andre if he ends up making the roster. But um, as noted, probably their best defenseman right now. And again, this is a real sh relatively shallow uh, competition pool here. But up on the uh, forwards, Sam Tumal is apparently hurt. I don't know when that happened. But uh, he he and J.R. Avon, who I'm still not convinced is a real person, uh, they both exist. It seems like Brink and Forster are hanging on. Uh, to their spots. Neither one of them have been sent down yet. And Allison is still here. Allison need to clear waivers if he gets sent down, which is an interesting one because I, I don't know if he would make it. And that, you know, kind of bouncing back to, to Felix Sonstrom there for a second is if they're sending, like, it's two sides of the coin, right? If your best tandem option right now is Hart and Erson, and it's not particularly close, but if Carter Hart's your starter, you know, if he's here, if he's not, you know, in federal prison somewhere, he's going to see a majority of the ice time, right? At best, Urson's going to play once every two weeks, probably, uh, as as most backup goaltenders have with Hart over the last few seasons. So, I don't know. I feel like Urson at this point in his career is best served in the, e, in the uh, AHL getting two to three starts a week rather than two to three starts a month. It just feels like it's development, especially for those of you that watched the Phantoms last year and kind of paid attention. I mean, he just fell off the rails at the end. I think he was just gassed. He played, what, 57 games or something like that? A uh, total between the AHL, NHL, and in the playoffs. So, you know, I, I think getting a little conditioning up a little bit probably would have been the better way to go, at least in the short term. But uh, I don't know if Felix Sonstrom's clearing or not. I mean, they must feel as though he's going to, right? They must feel that they're going to test their luck and he's going to work out fine. But as of this recording, I believe Tampa's still looking for a goaltender after the Vasilevsky injury, and I believe Colorado's rumored to be looking for something as well. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, Spencer Martin got claimed last week. Spencer fucking Martin, of all people, you know, whose numbers are significantly worse than fucking Felix Sonstrom. So... I don't know, man. It's an interesting call. If they lose Sonstrom, they're down to only three goaltenders in the organization right now, and Urson Hart and Peterson. And Peterson cleared waivers the other day. Unsurprising, two years left at $5 million. His numbers are borderline ECHL. So, I mean, you do have somebody that's waiver-proof to call up in the name of injuries, but uh, I don't know. If uh, if you lose one or both of your starters right now, and Urson and Hart, you're in trouble. And, you know, I guess if you're in the rebuilding crowd and tanking crowd, maybe that's a good thing. But uh, I don't know. It's a it's a big call to make. But you're getting the better tandem at the NHL this way. So I don't know. It really depends on how you want to look at this one. I see kind of both sides of the coin. Funny, I just pulled up a quote now looking at Adderd and uh, Tortorella. Another year of the process for Adderd and getting. God, that just wasn't angry over this one until I saw that. <sighs> Another year of the process. Adderd is, what, 25? <laughs> Another year of the process. Yeah, sure. What he means to say is Mark Stahl and Nick Sealer need ice time. And fuck the prospects. Why play the kids? 
What's the... Uh, why... Why even... I feel like the thing I keep coming back to and and all of this, you know, as these kids get eliminated one by one, and, and we'll know for sure whether this Brinker-Forster thing, how this ultimately boils down here within the next couple days, but... I don't know. I feel like the one thing that I always come back to in this last few months is just like, why even bother rebuilding in the first place? If you're just going to say, fuck it, our kids are not talented, they need to suffer for another year because these random depth veterans need minutes, why even bother fucking drafting and developing in the first place? We're going to overhype these prospects. We're going to get to the AHL. Some of them are going to play well, but just kidding. They can't make the NHL. We have 34-year-olds to play. Cam Atkinson needs to take fucking priority. And we talked a little about this on Flyerside Chat the other day. Kind of about the purpose that, that veterans serve and the roles that they play off the ice. And, like, I don't necessarily doubt that's true. I'm sure they're, these guys are valuable resources to the young guys off the ice. But if none of your fucking young guys make the NHL in the first place, what is the purpose that they serve? How many guys do you need to translate Tortorella to English? How many guys do you need to get, you know, to, to, to drag these guys along the professional level and tell them not to buy, you know, Lamborghinis every day with their fucking newfound money? <laughs> you know, it's like you have Cam Atkinson, who's a Tortorella guy. Sean Gaturi is coming back, who's 15 fucking years into his career at this point. They kept Travis Konechny because he's a Tortorella guy. Scott Lawn's a Tortorella guy. Had to sign Garnet Hathaway, Mark Stahl, Nick Sealer. All these guys, like, you're building a team of fucking veterans with very, very low ceilings, and none of your young guys are playing in the NHL. So why even bother rebuilding? Why not just sign a bunch of random fucking vets every year, admit this team is never going to be a competitor again, sign an entire team full of Mark Stahls, so you have nothing but character, guys. And then we'll just accept that we're the new fucking Coyotes or something. <laughs> What's the point? I don't know. Looking at the lineups today, apparently York and Ristolainen are together, surprising nobody. Stahl and Sanheim and Sealer and Walker, with the extra pair right now being Zamula and Andre. So, as expected, Mark Stahl and Nick Sealer are probably going to see... Regular ice time, and the young guys are, and they're playing Andre on his offside, because fucking of course they are, because we just fucking alluded to, they sent down their fucking extra right-handed defenseman! <sighs> Brink and Forrester are swapping out uh, with a line uh, with Katuri and Farabee. Allison is playing on the left side, swapping out with Lawton on a line with Cates and Konechny. Tippett, Frost, Atkinson on the third line, and the fourth line, of course, uh, Delorier, Paling, Hathaway. Great. I would need to break down the cash here and see how many extra bodies I can carry. I assume they're probably getting a, what, one forward and one extra defenseman? All these guys. Like, the thing that frustrates me, I think, about the prospects in this sense is you had a roster full. You had tw 12 forwards, six defensemen, and two goaltenders that did not include any of the fucking prospects. You could have iced a roster without any of them. And at this point, they very well might ice a roster without any of them. Maybe one or Brinker Forrester are going to make it. I'd assume at least one of them sticks. If they were smart, both of them would stick, and you'd keep Allison around as well. But... 
I know what's going to happen after this episode drops, by the way. We're going to hear, Daniel, you're so negative, Daniel. <laughs> negative. I always think that's a fucking funny term. I've laughed every time I've heard that this summer. I'm literally begging the Flyers to do the right thing. Begging on my hands and knees. I will beg you to fucking play the prospects and do the right thing and develop your fucking players and try and be a good fucking hockey team. Negative. You know I earned that name almost 10 years ago already? Because I didn't believe fucking Ron Hextall's process was the right thing to do. I didn't believe Dave Hextall was a good coach. Daniel, you're so negative. You don't trust the process, Daniel. Fucking. How did the Sixers process go, by the way? How's that working out these days? Oh, it didn't amount to anything and just total fucking bullshit drama? Huh! It's almost like it doesn't work. Just all, you know, as someone who covers, you know, when I write about this team in the offseason, I always talk about all the free agents and offer sheets and trades and any possible thing they can do to change and upgrade the team. And it's shot down every time, resoundingly hated by... The readers and listeners. <laughs> Every time. Daniel, they can't get Alex to bring Cat. You gotta play the fucking kids, Daniel. And then it comes time to play the kids, and it's, oh, actually, we gotta make sure that 34-year-old Cam Atkinson gets the ice time. We can't play the kids. Are you fucking crazy? They all suck! <sighs> I think the most frustrating part is, like, they made it this far through camp. They kept Adder and Andre and Forrester and Brink and all these guys. It's like, hey, they may actually fucking do the right thing and play them. And right here, right before you get to the finish line, oh, just kidding. We're gonna we're gonna make sure none of them play. Yeah, I don't know. But we'll save the fucking Brink and Forrester meltdown for when it actually happens. But yeah, I don't know. Adder's down. Sonstrom. I wonder what their plan is if they lose Sonstrom. I mean, you, first of all, you, having Peterson and fucking Nolan Mayer as your tandem in the AHL is not great. It's also a big reason why Erson should have been down there. If you want to build a winning environment for your prospects, you need a good goaltender. And Sonstrom can serve that role well, provided he gets that far, right? And that's still the big question. We won't know that until tomorrow. But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lisinski's on waivers, by the way. I'm recording this at 122, so I don't think the waivers are out yet. But I cannot imagine Lisinski gets claimed. Um, if he does, we can all point and laugh at old Dan the Flyer fan for assuming that he wouldn't get claimed, but the names that got sent down over the last few days, I mean, I don't think Lazinski stands out at this point in his career over anybody else, and quite frankly, talking about insulating the Phantoms, having Lazinski down there as one of your top centers um, is a really good thing to have for that team. Lazinski and Danoye is your 1 and 2 C with uh, Adam Brooks and Rhett Gardner on the wings down there. I guess Gardner's also a winger, potentially. Um, so I guess J.R. Avon can handle one of those roles if he ever's given that opportunity. And if Sonstrom's there to, you know, backstop them, you know, it's going to be a good team, especially if Brink and or Forster gets sent down. Um, extra bodies down there. You know, Wisdom seemed like he had a really good camp and overall it's provided where they've given any fucking ice time. Ollie Lexall's awesome. Cooper Marodi was a great veteran last year. Same with is here, provided he's healthy at some point. Like, you know, you do have a, a an impressive little group of players down in the AHL, and especially this fucking defense now with, you know, Ronnie Adder down there. A group of uh, Adderd, Jinning, Samson, Helge Granz, Louis Belpetto, and Victor Mete as the veterans, and then you're waiting to see whether or not Andre's down there. So, a lot of, uh, 
it's gonna be it's gonna be a really good defense. So I mean, good defense. Your goaltending may be hot garbage, depending on whether or not Sonstrom is there, and your forward group has a lot of top six talent and in semi decent depth. So you know, the Phantoms uh, are gonna be fun this year. Uh, Flyers, on the other hand, probably not so much. No, probably not. <laughs> God. Uh, I can't pull up cap friendly without getting fucking angry at looking at this roster. It's just your forwards are fine. I think basically the entirety of their top nine is interchangeable, which both is and is not a good thing, depending on what it is you're looking for. You essentially have three second lines instead of a top line, a good second line, and a hardworking third line. You got three second lines. You know, Farabee, Couturier, say Forrester. Say Brinkin and Allison are out of the equation for the time being. Lawton, Cates, Konechny, Tippett, Frost, Atkinson. I mean, you can take any of those guys, any of those nine players, throw them in a bag, put them out on a, you know, in a, in, a, in a trio together, and it's all the same. You know, your, your center group there, Katuria and Cates, are more or less the same player at this point, and Morgan Frost is your offensive guy who's being shoved in the defensive role of the three of them, which is... <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. And that fourth line, the Deloria, Paling, Hathaway line. So, I guess the question now becomes, if all these guys end up in the AHL, how quickly do they get brought up to the NHL or utilized in the NHL? And it's funny you hear that a lot. It's like, well, they can start in the AHL, then just get caught up later. Well, what does that mean, get caught up later? Injuries? You have to, you know, you have to get six injuries at the NHL level just to play your prospects. And it's the Flyers. It's entirely possible. You don't want to root for injuries. You don't want to just pencil them into your lineup thinking it's going to happen. Maybe if you had a roster that was the fucking median age wasn't 35 years old, you wouldn't have to worry about injuries all the fucking time. But that's the plan. Or what, the trade deadline in March when there's 10 games left in the season? You can get that high draft pick for Mark Stahl everyone's talking about. When they get their three first-round picks for their Stanley Cup-caliber veteran player. Oh, just kidding. He's going to go for a fucking seventh six years from now. Or he's not going to get moved at all. Fuck it. This rate will get re-signed. Bring him back. Who needs fucking Zmula and Adderd in the NHL when you got Mark Stahl? Everything's in good hands. God, I hate this fucking team. But what does that mean down the line? Go back to that original question. And if it's not injuries or the trade deadline, then that means that you're going to send down other prospects to call up others. Oh, we're going to put some wool on waivers so we can call up Adam Jennings. We can lose one of them to test out the other one. And send Jennings down after three games to call up Andre and let him play three games. Then call up fucking Victor Mete because he's a veteran guy and they can play veterans. Who needs the kids? I don't know. What does that mean? Just call them up later. Just because they're waiver-exempt doesn't mean that you have any room to call them up. It's the whole fucking problem in the first place. There's no goddamn room on this roster for the kids. You built a roster specifically so you don't have to play any of them. You brought in Hathaway. You brought in Paling. You did not trade Konechny. They did not trade uh, Lawton. You just you kept a roster full of these guys. You kept Sealer. You brought in Stahl, two fucking lefties. You've got six lefties that are on the fucking main roster still. And fucking none of them are having ice time because Stahl and Sealer are here. I was called dramatic all summer long about this. Oh, Daniel, they're going to do the right thing, Daniel. 
Did they? Are they? Because they're fucking not! And it was painfully obvious that's what they were doing when these brought the veterans in in the first place. That this was the outcome. I said from day one, they did not bring Mark Stahl in for no reason. John Tortorella can sit early once and says, well, we're not going to play him every game. And maybe that's true. I assume he's not going to play all 82 contests this season, but I would assume he gets to 60. You're playing your 36-year-old guy in a rebuild for 60. You know, if you brought him in as a player coach, and I've compared him to Hal Gill in the past, just have a, your you know 40-year-old guy hanging around and teaching players what to do and how to you know make the transition to the NHL while your young guy has actually got a fair shake in the NHL, more power to you. That's fine, but that's not what's going to happen here. I don't know. How am I the only one that gets frustrated by this? That's <laughs> just... How is this just okay with everybody else? And the answer is because the Danny Briere homerism is strong right now. It's at its peak. This organization can do whatever they want, and there's a vast majority of people that are not going to question anything, right? Because they don't have to, because it's Danny Briere. I will never forget the interaction I had right after they signed Stahl, where, you know, I said, if Chuck Fletcher made this move, everyone would be pissed off. And somebody said, well, that was Chuck Fletcher. This is Danny Briere. He's got a plan. Oh, he's got a plan with... Mark Stahl, a different plan from what Fletcher would have done. I had somebody the other day use the term, it's a new regime, Daniel. It's a new era. It's a new regime. I'm thinking, you know, they fired Chuck Fletcher and replaced Chuck Fletcher with Chuck Fletcher's right-hand man, Danny Breer, who has done absolutely nothing to differentiate himself from his previous boss. But it's a new era, all right! You see a lot of people are coming around on the new jersey design as well. There's this, this, this mockery of a jersey they have right now. And I always wondered, you know, back when they extended Ristolainen, which was a Fletcher move that Danny Breer was in the front office for, I always wondered, like, you know, if Breer was the one whose name was on this contract and not Fletcher, like, how would they feel about that? It'd be like, of course they would love it. And based off the last six months of just undying homerism for Breer, the answer is yes. Nobody would think twice if Danny Breer extended wrist and They would talk about how fucking great he is. And, like, I can't help but apply that same logic to the New Jerseys, too. Can you imagine if the Dave Scott-Chuck Fletcher regime brought out these bastardized versions of the old 90s jerseys? Everyone would fucking hate them. But because Breer did it, they're great. They're so innovative. They're just like the old ones. Forget the fact that they look like unfinished shit. They're great, Daniel. They're great. They're wonderful. They're amazing. Oh, God. What a job security. What a smart move by the Flyers. Listen, I've credited them time and time again over this, uh, you know, since this transition happened, that it was a smart fucking play by this organization. There was a time... You know, less than a year ago, when it was starting to get dangerous for this front office to walk out in the parking lot, because there was going to be a guillotine waiting for them one day from this fan base. Just swap out a few people, put in a friendly faces, and do absolutely nothing else but pander tremendously. And it's just no pressure. They can do whatever they want. God damn. What a gimmick. You can have a rebuild where none of your fucking kids are playing in the NHL. I still think that's crazy. Like, was there, you know, I, I've used this example on a couple shows now, but, like, were there people that were rooting for Yori Laterra to play over Oscar Lindblom? Did that happen and I just don't remember it? 
Or have we just disintegrated that far over the last few years that this is just where we're at at this point, that we want the veterans to play over the kids? I'll be very interested to see the reaction from both the team and the fan base as the season goes on here. And when the initial shine of some of these guys wear off, when Mark Saul's out there fucking up every single night, and Nick Sealer reverts back to whatever the Christ he was two years ago. When the shit starts going down and you come to the realization that none of your prospects are going to save you because they're never going to get looks in the NHL, I wonder how the response is going to be. Because I don't think people are going to be loving Mark Stahl in December when he's playing every night. I think people are going to be very angry about this one. Just like they were with Keith Yandall and Vandevelde and Weiss and every fucking shit depth guy that's been here for the last 10 years. I'm interested to see how that goes. See if there's a breaking point already or if we're just going to keep eating that crow with a smile on the face. Because Danny Breer says it's the right thing to do. What a gimmick. Anyway, Flyers have one more preseason game tomorrow, uh, which will be Thursday, against the Islanders. They are at home, I believe. Um, I assume that'll be your final dress rehearsal for a lot of these guys. We'll see if Brink and Forster and Allison all get minutes at that point. Um, if not, I guess that's a uh, clear sign of what's to come. If they do, you know, it's their time to, uh, to, to earn it, to at least, you know... Serve as a 13th and 14th forward while Cam Atkinson is in your fucking top six. I don't know. We'll see. But we'll know probably by the end of the week. I mean, they don't. the first game of the season isn't until October 12th, which is uh, next Thursday. So, you know, got a full week there. But I assume the rosters will be ready. Probably by the end of the week, you'll know who is here and who is not. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see. But... The the showtime is uh showtime is approaching. They open the season on the road against Columbus on the twelfth, uh, against the Senators on the fourteenth, and then their home opener is uh the seventeenth, which is a Tuesday against the Canucks. For you know, reasons didn't they open the season against the Canucks last year too? I'm making that up. It's an early game against the Canucks anyway. Why open the season against a hot division rival when you can open up against the fucking Vancouver Canucks, one of the few teams that are a bigger disaster than the Flyers are. Well, I think it's about it. just needed to get some of that fucking shit off my chest here as we watch this process fall apart in front of our eyes. But, but yeah, the Spark Notes version, half an hour in. <laughs> Adderd and Gideon got sent down. Sonstrom is on waivers, it seems, and Urson has the backup job. So, we'll see if Sonstrom clears or not. I don't know. I don't know. I genuinely don't know if Sonstrom's going to clear. I feel like he's the one guy, just because of the goaltending problem. Like... Look, if you're just looking at his numbers, he's not overly impressive. But I always liked his mechanics. I always thought just the basis he could be a really good goaltender. If you put him on a team like Tampa, you know, I don't know if he can be your everyday starter, but uh, he can handle himself, you know, on a team that is uh, going to be significantly better. So, I don't know, it would be a pretty smart pickup if you had a pro scouting department that's worth your wit. I think the same thing goes for Wade Allison. You know, the numbers at face value are not impressive, but if you've been paying attention, this guy's fucking awesome and just needs a chance to succeed that is not in Tortorella's doghouse. Well, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on it. We'll be back sometime this week, I'm sure, with somebody. Yeah, uh, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. Who fuck cares? At Dan the Flyer Van, at Brother Lee Puck, at Brother Lee underscore pod. Plenty, sh- uh, sh- blah, 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 plenty should have been the website, brotherlypuck.com. 
And uh, that's it, everyone. Until next time, goodbye and good night. Let's go! Drop the gloves, let's go! Drop the gloves, let's go! Drop the gloves, let's go!